Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Gadgets and gizmos, you lucky people. Well, let's crack on then. Let's what crack on now? with the news. Well, mm-hmm. the news, the news. We get news fed to us all the time via websites, via uh, radio, via television, via the internet. But if you're in Russia and you want to know what's going on in Ukraine, mm-hmm. you can't really find out because most reliable, that is, um, impartial websites that give you mm-hmm. news are, of course, blocked in Russia. So there is a solution, and this was revealed yesterday which was world press freedom day in case you didn't realize yeah i'd pass me by i'm afraid it did okay there's a a game on the steam platform called counter-strike which is the usual kind of running around hiding shooting people game Mm -hmm. except that the finnish newspaper called helsingen sano sano mat has built (laughs) its own city so as well as playing the 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 uh, the maps that come with a mm. game, players can also make their own maps. So they have made a, a city that they called Voina, which is the uh, Russian for war. And if you explore it, you will find in the basement in one of the apartment blocks a Russian language room, which has uh, news reports in Russian, photographs, maps on the walls. So you can go in there, you can find out what's really happening Gosh, uh, out there seems, in the world. That seems incredibly um, clever, though. You wonder how many Russians have actually gone down into that particular Four million, of, they reckon. I've actually visited there rather than played the game. Yes. Yes. Gosh. But now that they've actually told everybody about it, presumably the game will now be banned in Russia. Well, they can't really ban video games. They ban news outlets, but not video games. So it's it's very interesting. I don't know what they're going to do about that. And um, you won't be surprised at me asking this question. What on earth is the Steam platform? The Steam platform, Malud, is a yes. I mean, apart from apart from being a wonderful heritage railway, you know, like Carnforth Railway Station, (laughs) it is made by a company called Valve, Mm. and they run lots of games on it. Lots of games that are only on Steam, uh, and some that are ported to the Steam uh, environment. And we talked about it on this show when we talked about the Steam Deck which is their handheld games mm. console. Right, I think that one pass, possibly passed me by. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Shall we move on as so little of Let that makes any sense to me? Let us move on from Russian atrocities to Amnesty International, mm. who, of course, put out a lot of social media tweets and posts and whatever, and they've been caught out using AI images. So they put out some social media tweets with some fake pictures of police brutality in Colombia in 2021. And people say, hang on, this is an insult to photojournalists and it's it's masquerading as truth when it isn't. And Amnesty say, well, yes, but we've done it to protect the protesters. So they don't then go and get arrested, which I admit usually black out their faces, couldn't they? You would have thought so. You wouldn't have thought they needed to resort to, to that, but um, yeah, you wouldn't. Well, of course, it is so easy to generate these kind of fake yes. news images with a and text as, prompt. Yes, and as you've pointed out, getting more and more difficult to tell when it is AI and not real. As the Pope in the white puffer jacket proved. Yeah. Did you see that photograph? It was. It was very I convincing. Did. Yes, yeah, it did. He looks good in it. 
He did. He should get one. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. yes. he's probably at this moment ordering some. Um, and of course, I don't know if it's on your list, but of course, the, there's a writer strike just started in the um, screenwriting industry in America, which is all because the studios will not promise will not promise to not to use AI, and the writers yes. are terrified that they're just going to get all the scripts written by AI. There was you and I discuss off air quite a lot. Sometimes it seems as if they are written by AI already. Well, well <laughs> certainly many of them written to formulas, but, yes. I mean, quite extraordinary which occupations seem to be under threat. You know, that a year or two ago, one wouldn't have even dreamt of being threatened by technology. A lot has happened in the last year. Yeah. Um, for example, the University of San Diego did a, did a survey recently. Um, they took questions from a Reddit called Ask Docs, where people could ask questions and mm -hmm. doctors could answer them. And they fed those questions to ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. And then they showed the answers to people, also doctors, who said, yes, in almost every case, the ChatGPT was more empathetic than the doctors. So for good responses, they were three and a half times higher than real doctors. As far as empathy goes, they were rated 10 times higher than real doctors. The trouble is, of course, that they, ChatGPT does tend to hallucinate, unlike we have. Yes. Do you want, yeah, so you want to go to a, doc, a hallucinating doctor who's very empathetic um, or a real one? Well, I suppose if you can't get to a real one. You wonder, you wonder if they can train ChatGPT to be a doctor. Presumably it would take a lot less of the time it takes well, it to train would. a human. They have, they have trained AI to pass medical exams. So I suppose in theory, yes, they could train it to be a doctor, but it's all a bit scary. If, you, if you're really worried about it, then maybe you should take a look at robots. Well, I was just going to say, but just go back a stage, because oh. given that some surgeries apparently still are only doing telephone appointments, or most of them telephone, you wonder what the difference would be. Yes. Well, the difference would be that your real doctor, you would hope, wouldn't be hallucinating. Well, that's true. I mean, you don't want to be prescribed a medication and then find out it's completely the wrong thing just because some chatbot has got it wrong. Hmm. Well, I think the, well, I think the answer is just don't ever be ill. That is also the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are worried, then go to Wobot. Wobot being the oh, what, AI robot. CBT therapist. Oh, not a robot with with speech problems. It is not a robot with problems. <laughs> right. It okay. is. Uh, it is available on in the App Store. It's been around since 2017, actually, but it's got rather better lately. And it's it's CBT trained, so it will guide you through your your misery and, with any luck, out the other end. Worth having a look at. Should you fancy that? Have you tried? There this? is an upside. I have tried it, but as I don't suffer from uh, depression, then I don't think it's something that would really. Um, well, CBT is not only used for depression, is it? No, it's used for things. all kinds of other yes. things. Yes. Okay. As, as Woody Allen once said, whatever's going on in my subconscious is frankly none of my business. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Or if yeah. I had, I'd forgotten it. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, well, it's that case. It's probably time for one of these. Oh. And we are on to the AI language decoder. This is truly bizarre. So for some time, people have been using MRI machines to map brain activity mm -hmm. and then trying to interpret that brain activity in yes. the form of uh, what people are thinking about. Or, yes, I think or we've discussed about. that before. Yes, we have. 
But the problem is that between peaks of blood flow and then the blood going back to its baseline level, it takes around 10 seconds. So what they, what they end up with is a sort of mishmash of information that they can't then sort out into anything properly structured. Well, at the University of Texas, they have trained their own large language model on mm. GPT-1. They've taken a bunch of volunteers and put them in a scanner for 16 hours listening to podcasts. And while they're listening to the podcast, the AI is analyzing their, their brain waves, mm -hmm. So it knows what they've been listening to. After that, once the people imagined a story in their heads, the decoder matched the text with 50% accuracy, which is really rather impressive. And this is not having brain implants, this is simply having a, an MRI machine strapped to the outside. It seems extraordinary. It is absolutely impressive. extraordinary, yes. And the idea is that it could be useful for people who have lost the power of speech due to a stroke or some other yeah. condition. Uh, whether they'll be able to do it remotely or not is anyone's guess at the moment. It's to be hoped not, but you know the thought police could well become oh, good really grief. Quite, a, quite an active thing. Oh, God, I haven't even considered that ramification. It is worrying, isn't it? Yes. I mean, certainly, if you want to get uh, information out of spies or criminals, there's no more lie detectors. You just strap one of these on and find out what the, they're thinking The last about. few weeks of this programme, there have been quite a lot of worrying stuff. I think we ought to think has. about going, going back to silly things on the Banggood website that you can buy for a fiver that will fall to pieces we after can, two we minutes. We can do that as well. But let me finish the AI segment <laughs> okay. of this altogether. Well, yes, scary what what new depressing item have you got? No, no, not, not new. Well, not depressing at all. I'm talking about nerfs. Nerfs, of course, being a nuance radiance field. Oh, not, the, sure gun, you know. not the guns firing those sort of soft things. Not okay. the guns firing those sort of soft things, as you yeah. so eloquently put it. No. <laughs> um, the... There are apps that you can do this with. Luma is one that you can get now on your iPhone or your Android phone. And the way it works is you walk around an object, mm. taking multiple pictures of it through the app or that videoing it through the app, which is even better. And it shows you your progress so you can see where you have to go. And then it builds a 3D model of that and produces a very smooth fly-through, producing fantastic sort of drone quality footage mm. flying around your object around your room and there have been extraordinary research done on this recently particularly in japan where i've seen a demo of someone walking around in a park someone else with a camera filming him and the, the guy with the camera mm. is sort of moving around him mm. as he goes when that's done they then take the film of the man walking through the mm. park, but after it's processed, you can then move the camera to any position you want around the person who's walking through the park, and he'll carry on walking through the park from that position. Because by then it will have captured him from all angles, and it will then interpret what he looks like from the back when in fact he was filmed from the front. Sounds very impressive, but is it useful? Well, yeah, if they manage to do it on a consumer level, absolutely. Yes, it's useful. Gosh. You can... You can film, you know, your son's football match, and then you can play it back from the point of view of someone standing in the middle of the pitch, for example. Right. Okay. It's really, quite, I mean, that's that's a rather extreme case. There's also someone also in Japan has been 
uh, filming someone uh, for producing a, uh, a video of their room, their backyard, as they tend to call gardens in, in America, not mm. entirely sure why, which they then put into the Unreal Engine, the Unreal Engine being the platform on which a great many games are built. Mm. And then you can play your shoot 'em up game in your own garden. And the characters will interact with the with the objects that the, they found. It's wow. very splendid. The okay. Luma app that I mentioned, by the way, that you can download now, have just mm. reduced their price down to one dollar a scene, which is well worth doing if you want to okay. capture your room or an object or a statue or whatever. Okay. Very impressive stuff. Steve, thank you very much indeed. Time for us to give you a chance to catch your breath, have a slurp of water or whatever you're after. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan, who I'm glad to say didn't pop off and make himself a cup of tea, but is back here already. So what now? Well, if I had been to make myself a cup of tea, I would have put the kettle on. And in oh. a few years' time, I might well stroke my kettle. Do you stroke your what? kettle? Well, certainly not after it's been on. No, you will after the University of Michigan has uh, got its hands on your kettle. They have developed a system whereby they can turn any surface into a touch screen. When I say a screen, you can't mm. see anything in it, but you can you can touch it. It uses surface acoustic waves, which is sensors on the on the surface mm. and it picks up vibrations such as a tap or a scratch or a swipe and they reckon they can get 97 percent accuracy interpreting what people are doing whether they're scratching or tapping or, or swiping mm. so it means if you've got one of those kettles that you can change the temperature the boiling mm. point of you can just stroke it to, to bring the, the temperature down. If you have a metal kettle and you've forgotten that you've actually already boiled it, that could be quite painful. It's probably not advisable for use on metal kettles. Hmm. Well, I hope they'll think of that. <laughs> but a microwave, for example, imagine a microwave, yes. you could just stroke it to change the, the, the number of seconds it's going to microwave your ready meal for. Oh, I think good, that really. sounds great. Yes, I think so. Given, given how random the pressing of the buttons on my microwave is, it seems to do all manner of things. As yes, they do have a... They do, they do, absolutely. Well, well, Although, well, actually, well. they don't... It's just it's operator error, is what it is. I'm not convinced. I think it's microwave Although error. these days, microwaves do come with a whole load of presets for things that you never want to cook. Yes, so that's that... true. Yes, absolutely. Well, they have since the start, I feel. Yes. yes. Yeah, bizarre. Know, really bizarre. Really. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to bicycles. I mean, we all like bicycles. You and I like bicycles. Yeah, we do. And I have a couple of things that can make your cycling safer. Let's start off with our crowdfunding item of the week. Okay. And this is the Gamel, the Gamel bike helmet, which has white LEDs on the front for the headlights mm -hmm. and red LEDs on the back. And mm -hmm. if you stop suddenly, then it's the, the red LEDs flash because it's an automatic brake light built mm -hmm. into the helmet. They've also got orange LEDs on the back. Now, we've seen bike helmets with indicators built into them before, mm -hmm. 
But usually they have a switch on the handlebar that you have to flick in order to put the indicator. This one works by tilting your head to the side. And as you tilt it to the side, then the indicators come on both visually and audibly. So you know when your indicators are going off. Quite a good idea, don't you think? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there'd be a reason to tilt your head when you didn't want to indicate. But I'm guessing there isn't. I think it's probably a fairly specific hmm. jerking movement. Okay. All right. Um, yes. 149 euros, which is 132 pounds, which is not actually that much for a decent bike helmet. It's on Kickstarter, and you have until the 1st of June to go and plonk down your cash and hope it actually makes it into okay. reality. Okay. If you want something now and you have an electric bike, then you can get a bike radar. Not just any old bike radar, but the Garmin Varia E RTL 615. How do they come up with these stupid, stupid names for things? Anyway, it is a radar and taillight. And the way it works is you, you plug it into your the battery on your electric bike, mm. wire it in somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's a radar on the back. And it sets pulses off that echo off cars up to 150 yards away. And it sends both visible and visual and audible alerts to your Garmin watch if you're wearing one or to your iPhone or Android app. Well, you do have an electric bike. Are you thinking of this? Well, it's $300, which is quite a lot, whereas I have a little mirror that I got from Amazon <laughs> for about £11. and frankly, does the job just as well. Right, so I'll probably carry on using the mirror. Okay, well, anyway, I don't think you, I don't even have a mirror. Oh, we used to have we are the mom when we were teenagers on our bikes. I remember everybody had mirrors then. I haven't yes. seen one on a bike for a long time. No, I don't know. Well, the reason that you don't have mirrors on bikes is because they stick out. They have to stick out further than your your elbow. Mm. Mm. That's actually quite a long way. So what I've done with my mirror is I've mounted it upside down, so it hangs down from the handlebars and goes beneath my my elbow. Oh, it doesn't stick clever. out at all. There it is that's clever. Cl- yeah, and it works. Oh, impressive. Yes. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on from from bicycles. To... So, so really, so so hang on. So you're talking about bike radar, but really, what you think people should actually do is just get, get a mirror, mirror. And get upside down. Okay. Exactly. Yes, but it's worth it's worth mentioning because a mirror is not neither a gadget nor a gizmo, but a bike radar is probably both. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I think mirror can be a Gadget, can't it? So? I suppose. Well, I think loosely. hanging it upside down, I think, that turns makes it, it a gadget. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm convinced. Well, we were talked quite a lot about on the show about artificial meat, and there was certainly a time when people like the Impossible Meat Company was absolutely booming, and, mm, and mm. Got enough of it. well, their share price has plummeted because it turns out people don't really want artificial meat as much as you might have expected. McDonald's have dropped their artificial meat burger in the United States, still available in some stores mm. in in the UK and elsewhere in Europe. But they dropped them in the United States because they, people just aren't buying them. People want a no, burger, I, want an actual I, burger. I saw in, in the paper today, one of the UK sausage manufacturing companies has given up on almost all their um, uh, vegan yes. Um, sausages now except for two apparently but they had a much bigger but I mean I've seen not only the fact that people don't particularly want it but also the trouble is it's also much more expensive usually than the thing it's trying to replace and well it is money 
It is at the moment, but then the the, the price will come down mm. as you know, the volume goes up. But if the volume doesn't it go goes up, down, then the price, then the price will, yeah, exactly the price will go up. So, uh, an Israeli company called Stakeholder Foods, who we talked about, mm. stakeholder as in eatable steak, get it? Clever. Right. Yes. Right. Have teamed up with a Singaporean company called Umami Meats. Mm. Umami being, as you know, the name for that the the fifth taste. So as well as salt, sweet, sour, and bitter, there's also umami, which is found in monosodium glutamate and Parmesan cheese. Anyway, umami meats is beside the point. They have produced the world's first cultivated fish. Wow. It's uh, listen to Mozart and, and cultivated and okay, yes. National Gallery oh, and all kinds oh, of oh, things. Yes. Cultivated fish flesh, or does it actually look like a fish? It's fish flesh. There's no okay. point making it look like a fish because then you have to gut it and there wouldn't yes, be any guts yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've made a bioprinted grouper, which they claim tastes just like an actual grouper. I don't think they've ever eaten a grouper, so I don't know what they no, taste like. I, 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 when you go to the States, they've got things called snappers and groupers, I seem to remember, and I didn't know, but they are actually a fish I think we recognise. We just call them something else, much like eggplant and aubergine, but I can't now remember. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Anyway, they've done that, and they've given them to journalists, and journalists says, yes, this tastes quite like fish. Uh, what's clever about them is that they are ready to eat as soon as they've been 3D printed, whereas the meat, you have to wait for it to season, or I don't know what they have to do, to mature. Right. Anyway, okay. they're moving on to develop their first cultivated eel. Now, I don't know, but I don't think of eel as being either particularly popular or uh, a particularly sophisticated fish to eat so well, why possibly, the possibly it's different in possibly it's different in asia or in the east end of london Perhaps where i think is, people yeah. still do have you know winkles and eel and things like that but i can't Eels. think cockney, cockney market for eel is that big that it's worth developing just for them you wouldn't have thought so anyway no. good luck to them mm, mm. yes who knows uh let us move on well it may have escaped your notice but there is a big event happening this weekend it is the unless coronation. you're listening, unless you're listening several days after we've recorded this. But yes, in which case you missed it. Sorry, chaps, but you should have been paying attention beforehand. Yeah. Well, until this weekend, you can go for a ride in your own coronation coach. Well, I say your own coronation coach is actually operated by Uber of all people, and what they've done <laughs> is they've built a replica of the coronation coach drawn by horses in livery with gold mm. statuettes and a velvet interior. And if you head down to the carriage drive entrance at Dulwich Park, mm. you can see the concierge who will be standing there. And if you, with any luck, you'll be able to book yourself a ride around Dulwich Park in your own coronation coach, when you can wave to the populace as, they, as you go by. But presumably there'll be a queue at certain times. You would think being Uber, you could sort of book a time to do it. Online, you would, or you on would. your app. Yeah, seems yeah. well. It appears not. No, well, they have to get right. I for don't the next think. Coronation. Well, I don't think they're all that bothered about people actually doing it. I think that's what people to talk about it on oh. radio shows. Oh. We wouldn't be foolish enough to do that. We would never fall for that one. No, certainly not. Absolutely not. Uber do seem quite good at getting publicity by doing rather eccentric things, don't they? They do. Yes. yes. Well, you know, yes. good for them. If they do eccentric things, I think it's our duty to tell people about it. Yes. They sent me a voucher for Uber Eats the other day. I've never used Uber Eats, and then my people around, we thought we'd get a takeaway, so I went to look at the voucher. It expired the night before. They keep on sending me vouchers for Uber Eats. And yes, they sent, one, they sent me one the following day. 
but it was well, but for the actual uh, evening I wanted it, there was no voucher in place. So I still haven't well, used all, it. All I can get around where I live is is burgers. And mm. I don't really want to have a burger delivered. I can have something delivered if it's something more exotic, like a like a cultured eel, for example. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it would be fair. Well, a cultivated a, surely a cultivated, a cultivated fish is what you're really after. Eel. You could have a conversation exactly. with it before you eat it. Okay, well, that's, that's it for now. Uh, from Gadgets and Gizmos, from Steve Kaplan and myself, we'll be back with more drivel about the latest Gadgets and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.